I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? It's going. Yeah, it is. Uh, We're here to discuss zombies, as always, but uh, it is that time of year where we're going to talk about Extra Life, and we, Lou, got our first donation. I know, I'm very excited. I feel like I should have a, a, a bumper or a celebration sound, but I but I yeah, don't. Um, so uh, I'll work on more that for more next time. For Ryan. Yeah, yeah, more work for me. Uh, but the the beauty of this, though, I don't want to thank Lonely Bob, who has donated our first donation for the year to uh, get us to watch some zombie films. And he actually did not take any of your advice. He actually threw one at us that I don't even... I've never heard of. I have heard of it because I've had discussions with Lonely Bob about this movie. Okay. Yeah, it's not even available here. So um, that was one of the things where we, uh, we're we having conversations with Lonely, Lonely Bob. We're probably going to have to do a, a cast of it because, uh, and that has worked in the past with uh, some more obscure zombie films that uh, Lonely Bob has watched. So we will be watching Go Home that is uh, an Italian film, but uh, available on Amazon Prime Japan. So that's likely where we'll be sourcing it. Um, and uh, if you want to be like Lonely Bob, you can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. You donate 15 bucks, and you can suggest a zombie film for us to watch. And you can stack your donations. So if you want to watch, uh, if you want to choose multiple films, you can do so by stacking your donation. And if you go over 50 bucks, we will do an audio commentary of one of your picks. Make sure to include your picks in your donation comment. And I'll, you know, kindly remind you to make sure that the movie is available and that you have uh, some backup plans for us like Lonely Bob did. So, yeah, uh, Lou, we decided to do a new segment uh, with this where you suggest a couple of zombie films. So I'm going to put you on the spot because I, I forgot to remind you pre-show. Anything out there that's tickling your fancy that you think people should donate for? I, I definitely think I should make you watch the original Rabbit and not the uh, not the recent remake because I haven't seen the remake yet. Uh, but the original is a 1978 movie by David Cronenberg. It's very Canadian. Wow. Okay. I've not heard of that one. Did we watch a remake of it of some kind? No, but a, a remake just came out like like in the last two or three years. Okay. The original is like a, is like 1976 or something. All right. So original rabbit. Uh, this this woman is in a car accident and they do some kind of experimental surgery where they give her uh like genes from something else to help her heal cuz she's in a motorcycle accident and the genes mutate and she becomes like a thing and she starts infecting people and turning them into zombies and uh like like people are hiding in their apartments and the government has to go around and stack the bodies in the streets because people are infected and chaos is running amok. 
Wow, that sounds. And it was great. done in the, it, it, it was done in the seventies. It, it was it, it, the first time I watched it. I was like, "This is kind of freaky." <laughs> cool. All right. Well, if folks want us to watch the original Rabbit, uh, then you can donate bit.ly slash Brian. And Lou, I will remind you next time so that you're. Although this is pretty good. This is this is, for being unprepared. This is a pretty good drop. So yeah. Um, there's a reason they call you the busy zombie lord. Lou, uh, without further delay, a big game came out this week, and we are going to talk a little bit about it in a new update corner, the Back for Blood corner. There are those among us that are not cowed by the terrors of this new world, ones that are immune to the spirit and are ready to raise arms and take back what is ours. Spare us the poetry, fuck nuts. How do we kill it? All right, Lou. How do we kill it? Take us away. Uh, you have to shoot it in the glowing red spots. That's how you take down the specials. <laughs> it's true. It, all of it. Everything he just said. It's 100% true. Um, yeah. We The game just came out October 12th. If you pre-purchased the Deluxe or Ultimate Edition, uh, you got early access starting on the 8th. But uh, Lou, I picked up... Uh, I'm playing on Xbox Game Pass on my Xbox Series X. Uh, have not played a lot, but I know you've played a little bit more than me. Where are you playing it? I'm playing it on Steam. Um, uh, I've had I had it early access, so I had it a couple days early. Um, I will say this: even though they gave it to us early, I had a bunch of buggy problems those first few days. So my time with it those days was really spotty. Like I had the game crash on me like three times, and. Every time you, I would join a game with randoms because nobody else I know had it pre had it pre-ordered that the deluxe edition. Um, the randoms were always on PlayStation, and they were never uh, they were never from North America. They were always from like overseas. Um, and the 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 traffic was the internet bandwidth was awful, so th- it was not a good experience the first few days. Uh, that's too bad, especially if you're paying for early access. It's unfortunate to hear that they... Uh... And, and solo is not fun. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's my one gripe is in regular Left 4 Dead, the AI was dumb. In this game, it's even dumber. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, like, I think they didn't spend a lot of time on the AI characters. I think they gave them just enough to make them function. Um, I was playing the other night, and there is a mission where you need to get to this drugstore that's been laid out like a like a like a like a base. And once you get there, there's going to be a horde of zombies coming behind you. So you've got to lay a bunch of stuff down. They give you access to a, a turret with a minigun on it, and you need to you need to. St- stay there and shoot stuff as it's coming at you and i'm not joking i was playing with two other people that are friends of mine and then we had one ai guy and the ai guy decided to stand in front of my minigun (laughs) and he wouldn't move like i'm literally like i can't shoot anything the zombies are all coming in his direction and he's standing and facing me he's not even facing the right direction and i was like Oh, this is going to be fun. The only good part was, is every shot that I did to him, the bullets would go through and hit zombies. But he was like, why are you shooting me? Why are you shooting me? Why are you shooting me? And I'm like, because you need to move, you moron. 
Yeah, uh, it's funny that you mentioned solo mode and AI. I had a chance to jump in and basically just do what, it, and this is another thing we talked pre-show that we'll probably touch on, but what was supposed to be the tutorial when you boot the game up, it says, hey, you want to play the tutorial by yourself or with, with friends? And I said, play by myself. So of course I was had a bunch of AI characters, but it just dropped me right into the campaign. Yeah. And I was looking to avoid that. I thought the tutorial would just be like, Here's how you shoot. Here are the controls, that sort of thing. But no, it just nope. drops you into the campaign. It drops, it drops you into the campaign. The first level is like 20 minutes. Hmm. And if you leave mid mid that that thing, as soon as you start the game up again, it makes you go back to that level and it gives you all the same tutorial videos and same tutorial messages over again like you never even tried to get through the tutorial. Mm, that's too bad. And I only know that because it crashed on me about, oh, I was just about done with the tutorial and the game crashed on me. And when I restarted the game, it made me do everything all over again. Yeah, I, and here's the thing, like about the tutorial, uh, it didn't feel like a tutorial. It felt like they were just pushing me into the game. Yeah, um, that's exactly what it did. Yeah, I remember the beta, there was more of a tutorial when you were running around, uh, I think it's New Hope, the town. Might be mistaken. Is it New Hope? I can't remember. It's Fort Hope. Fort Hope. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It's an interesting. I, I I haven't done that yet. Like right before we started recording, I I jumped out. It's like, oh, this is the tutorial with all the like little waypoints and missions and stuff. Um, but it's it's great that you mentioned solo. Like, obviously, you said you were playing with friends. Um, I jumped in solo just to kind of get a taste for it before the show. There's an article here that we'll link in the show notes um, in that a lot of players are complaining about solo mode because there is legit a message that pops up. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just trying to see if I can see it here. Um, and it basically says like, hey, all the stuff you do in solo mode, um, you're not getting, I think there's like progression points that you're not getting. Yep. You're not getting supply points. Yeah, supply points, which is what you need to unlock more cards and and build out your decks and stuff. There is a there is a way around that. Okay. Uh, that I found by accident. How do you do that? If you play a online multiplayer game, but then don't let anybody that's not a friend join you, you can play multiplayer without anybody with you and it literally just gives you three AI three AI guys. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is basically that um you have to, you just can't play offline. You got to play online to get the supply yep. points. And the other and the other thing too is is solo mode does make a couple of the missions slightly easier because if you play them uh, without solo mode, um, it does make you have to bring back two supply boxes. And uh, if you play it on solo mode, it only makes you have to carry one because there's only one player playing. I, I had noticed. Um... In solo mode, we talked a little bit about the AI, uh, actually, before I, before I touch on that. So ba- finishing up the, the point on solo, uh, so the developers have kind of acknowledged uh, this message and said, hey, we're, we're, we hear you, we're discussing internally of how to make solo mode more rewarding. Um, we've heard your frustrations about progression in solo mode, and we want to make, we want to address the issue. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about the AI, and it seems like they really tried to craft the uh, multiplayer, the shooting, the zombies, like the stuff that matters when you have a four player or a three or four player match. 
I think they nail sort of the objectives, the monsters, the gunplay. We talked about the progression when we talked about the beta. I think they got all that. And I think you're right. Like this is a game that's going to evolve. Um, this is a game that's going to be constantly updated as they put more content into it. And I can see them addressing solo mode. I can see the AI getting stronger. But you're right. That AI, when I was playing solo, it was basically like the three people that were the three AI bots were just sort of like hovering around me. Always stand in the wrong spot. Uh, I had a there was a, there's a there's a mission where you're in a bar and there are survivors that need to get in a bus to get away. So what you need to do to lure the zombies away is you need to start up the jukebox in the bar. And then the zombies come in and you have to kill the zombies and distract them so that the people can get out of the building they're in and get in the bus. Sounds easy enough. Well, when you do the mission, I stood behind the bar because it gives you the best view of the room you're in. And all of the AI guys stood in doorways. So as soon as the zombies started coming, they're coming through windows and they're coming through the doorways. So the they all got attacked and, and knocked to the ground all at about the same speed and the same time. And I'm standing there behind the bar trying to rescue all of them. And I was like, oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> my, t- my time with people has been awesome. Except that when you play with random, some people are dummies. Um... There is a, it's like the third mission in. The idea is you've got to get across the uh, the, uh, uh, the George Washington Bridge. And then you've got to blow up the bridge. Um, and so I, it's probably one of the, it's one of the early missions where I feel like it's, I think it needs a rebalance. It seems a little too hard. Uh, and it's really hard if you're playing with somebody who doesn't communicate. Um because there's a moment where you have to shoot uh, uh, an oil an oil uh, bin and it blows up a wall and when it blows up all the zombies come through so if you're not all lined up and ready to go as soon as you blow up that wall you get overrun with zombies and I kept playing my friends and I were playing with one random and the random would we were like trying to like reload our get new guns and stuff because there's this the, you can refit yourself in a, the supply room he just opened up the door ran to the th- ran to the thing ran down the hall ignored all the zombies that were around us ran to the thing shot the thing blew it up and like ditched us and ran off to run over the george washington bridge and i we were like and so then we had to play catch up to catch up to him and he was already dead and in the meantime he made everything 10 times harder for us because there's so many zombies at that point at the starting gate, you can't even get out the door. And I was like, oh. And so we turned off playing with randoms. We were just playing with each other after that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I experienced that in the beta when playing with randoms. There, You'd have folks that just, they know the objective, they go for the objective, and they don't care if they're leaving you behind. And, and that is not inherently a problem specific to back for blood that is specific to any co-op game that that you're dropping randos in um it's here's here's the thing like all of this being said it's an excellent game it's an excellent game and left for dead had these same issues we're describing like the, the poor ai the shitty teammates like that's just par for the course i think but i think that the upgrade from Left 4 Dead 2 to um, Back for Blood, it was sorely needed in terms of having a current generation 
version of this game. It's also definitely a learning curve. All of the weapons handle differently, and then you could put mods on all the weapons, and all the mods make the guns handle differently or do different things. Um, I went from having, like, machine guns and shotguns that did really cool stuff to I picked up an MP5 because uh, I ran out of ammo for my assault rifle. And I was like, well, I'll pick up this MP5. Well, I didn't realize when you picked up the MP5, instead of having, like, uh, uh, like a normal scope on it, the game had randomly generated an MP5 with a sniper scope on it. So you would get one shot from the MP5 with the sniper scope, and then the rest of the shots would go wild. And I was like, oh, this was not good. Switch to sidearm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a... It's, it's, and it's, it's not that that's a bad thing. It's just that that's a learning curve. I, I didn't know the guns well enough that when I picked it up, I didn't realize it had a sniper scope on it or I would have left it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that, that'll come with time. I think that's the... That's one of the key differences here is that this game just has a much more varied offering of weaponry and options. The missions in the in the in the levels are very well balanced as in there's a variety of stuff. It's 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 less go here open the door. It's less go here and find the safe room. There's a bunch of missions where you find the safe room halfway through the level, but you can't go back to the safe you can't go in the safe room until you find like medical supply kits because the people in the safe room need medical supplies. So you that you can't end them even though you found the safe room, it the, the game doesn't end and you have to try and remember where the safe room was because you're going to have to wander around a warehouse and then go back to the safe room. Hmm, interesting. Now yeah. that sounds really I, I think you're right. The objectives that I've seen so far are less like just get to the other side of this of the map. And the other thing too is, is I've been playing on rookie, and so, and most levels are fairly easy, but every once in a while you run into one, and it just seems like it's not balanced right. Like, and I know that they use the same kind of like AI uh, director that Left for Dead had, and I feel like this AI director might be slightly meaner than the Left for Dead one. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's uh, it's grown up. It's had a few years to kind of figure well, out it, how to punish the, us. The other, the other gripe I have with the game is, and it, this is a minor gripe, because this happens in all video games, but I was expecting better from this, is uh, I think they spawn zombies too randomly. Um, I was literally standing in a room where I just killed all the zombies, and there were no gates, there were no windows, there were no nothing, and my back was up against a wall. And literally, all of a sudden, there was a zombie next to me against the wall, and it attacked me. And I was like, where did it come from? I should have seen it coming. It must have spawned on top of me. And I was like, that's so stupid. Like, uh, I, like it, Left 4 Dead at least had some kind of realism. If you saw zombies, they were coming out of vents, or they were coming through windows, or they were coming in from different directions. And it feels like sometimes the AI is dumb enough that it just... I, you just you just swept a room, so the room should be empty. And then you go into the next room, and then when you turn around and go back into the room you were just in, it's full of zombies again. And you're like, wait, where did they come from? I just cleaned this room. That's happened to me a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, I've experienced that as well, some random zombies jumping in. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll continue to play. We'll get some multiplayer time in together, and we will offer more thoughts next episode. 
And, uh, you know, the I, I have a feeling this corner is going to stick around longer than the Resident Evil yeah, it is. 7 corner. Yeah, it is. Or 8, uh, whatever they call it. So. Well, Resident Evil 8 corner didn't stick around long because I was the only one playing and I beat it in two try in, in two like two sittings. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't even know. They announced DLC, did they not? I think they did. They did, but they really haven't been detailed with what it is. So maybe it'll come back. Who knows? Maybe. But uh, until then, let's move into the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and is spreading rapidly. So, Lou, I'm going to jump us around a bit. I'm going I'm to leave the big one, you know what it is, to the end. Let's do the two quick headlines, with the first one being... Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse is free right now on the Epic Game Store until October 21st. Um, this is a game that we talked about a uh, couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been out that long. I was really surprised to see that this was free on Epic. Yeah, me too. My, uh, thought, my thought was is if this is free on Epic right now, then it must have not sold well. Probably not. And, and wasn't it one that... It was on the Humble Bundle, too. So, like, it, it, it's made its rounds in terms of the post-sale um, yeah. sort of game. You know, it, it is one that was, like, it, it is not a remake. It's just a let's make this thing run. This is something we talked it, about. It, I mean, I, I like it. I, I've, I've played it, like, two or three times since we talked about it last, you know, uh, and then I uninstalled it because it, it's still buggy. It's just a port. I love the game. I wish they had just done something to polish some of the bugs. Yeah. Yep. So it is free. I mean, we're not going to spend too much time on it because we've nope. got, if got it's lots free, of It's free and you want some zombie content, you'd be dumb not to download it on the Epic Store. It, it's definitely worth your time. Exactly. Uh, the other quick hit we've got here. Uh, I know neither of us play Fortnite, but I'm obligated to report this because it is zombie related. Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead is back in Fortnite. Um, he joins Daryl and Michonne, uh, which are also returning to the item shop. So you will be able to finally experience the return of Rick Grimes in Fortnite. So um, if you're waiting for that movie, wait longer. Good luck. Yeah. In Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I often forget that Fortnite's a thing because we don't play it. And I, I don't play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know we always say like, oh, we, we covered... Uh, we covered this like we covered the game before it was uh, the I, you want to say before it was Fortnite, but that kind of makes sense. Like we covered it with the what do they call it before the storm mode? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if that's still a thing. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I have. It's been so long since I booted up Fortnite. It was in beta. Yeah. So um, anyways, you could. You can get you can get Rick. Uh, so those that purchase Rick will receive his standard outfit as well as his winter coat, or winter Rick Grimes outfit. So like personally, like my feelings on Fortnite, and this is no offense. I think the Rick Grimes character, they've really established him in Fortnite. He looks like Rick Grimes in the uh, in the Fortnite look it, and it, feel. It, it, as 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 a character image, it looks really good. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I think Fortnite and Epic have done a phenomenal job of bringing licensed characters into their art style. And, and it fits. They make everything. I don't think there's been a single one that feels 
I mean, they even did God, you know, Kratos, the God of War, and it fits. And that's such a unique character in terms of his look and feel. Like, um, Aloy from Horizon looks great as well. Like, they're nailing it in terms of these uh, these licensed characters. Um, but yeah, like, we, we don't play Fortnite, but I'm sure there are folks out there that do, that also like The Walking Dead, so I figured we'd mention it. Stay tuned for the Fortnite movie. no. Yeah, no doubt. I did see that news. No, it's a thing. No, I know. I it announced that it's in development. Yeah, everything's a movie except for the Rick Grimes movie. So um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry to twist the knife on that one, folks. But uh, we'll move on to the uh, the next thing here, which is Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Finally, has a trailer. A few of them, actually. Ooh, there's a there's a there's a regular trailer, and then there's a European trailer. Yeah, there's the regular one, and then there's a good one. Do yourself a favor and watch the European one. Yeah, 100% agree. Because that is the good one. Yeah. The uh, So let's, let's, let's start with the first one. Um, I, I got to say, like, when I watched that first one, and I know there are a lot of uh, zombie genre apologists out there, and I get it. 100% understand. You get so so little content coming out. You kind of just grab onto everything that comes out, and it's a bad trailer. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It it, it uh, echoes the concerns I had from the stills we we talked about the episode prior, and it just felt stilted and with no emotion and just kind of like paint by numbers. Let's take the video game, let's put it into a movie, and remove all the soul that Resident Evil had. And I I I just I I didn't. I didn't like it. And then I watched this second trailer and it's far better. It's leaning more into the games. It's better structured. It's less of like a, like a cutting room floor, poorly edited trailer. It's a really good trailer. Yeah. Claire's outfit in the beginning, she's to ri- she's riding in a truck, talking to a, a guy in a tractor trailer and it, they have a nice conversation. Her outfit doesn't look as cheesy as it does in those stills. Uh, like, it, it everything makes sense and it feels nice and then um i think i don't think we're gonna get mr x and i'm okay with that i've had enough mr x yeah exactly i think it i think the second trailer just better portrays um and and you know what i i never really thought about this till now i'm a little worried that like is the first trailer represent more rep- better representation of the movie yeah i don't think so and is the second trailer like just crafty editing? Like, I don't know. No, I I think we're gonna get more more of what's like the second trailer, and I think that the first trailer was just there because American marketing is different than European marketing. It's bad, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, that first trailer feels like it's a bunch of like fifty year old guys that don't understand the thing that they have to edit to sell to people. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just feels. I mean, I mean, I won't lie. There's a few things about the the trailer that bug me. The, the CGI. It looks like they used a lot of CGI, and a lot of the CGI looks like some of it looks good, some of it looks really poor. I can forgive it if it's done well. If the movie is good, I can forgive bad CGI. But they got to sell me, and so far, I, I I'm I'm openly optimistic. You know, I can't forgive bad cgi i think this goes back to my point of like we're cutting this movie too much slack like 
I'm going to say that the CGI looked better in like the later Resident Evil movies that came before this. And like, this is the same studio. This is Sony, the same studio that, and I'm pretty sure it's Sony is at least putting the movie out, but these are the same folks that can afford ILM for the Spider-Man movies. Like they've got the money. And I just think some of the CGI specifically that like the liquor looks great. Don't get me wrong. Um, that's in the second trailer. You get a better look at him. But there's this monster in the first trailer, this big hulking monster. It just looks plastic. You, and just, You know what that is, right? Uh, well, I mean, is that going to make, make it better <laughs> if I know what it is? It's Birkin. Okay. Yeah, but it just feels, it just feels um, superimposed onto the shot. It doesn't feel, I, it's not believable. And I know they've been able to do it before thing that bothered me but i but you only see it for like two seconds and then it goes away and my hope is that maybe when i get longer shots it'll be better or that as a trailer this is stuff that really is still in the on the editing room floor but they were in a rush to get out a trailer to get people pumped for this especially since it comes out in next month yeah that also does not bode well I was also surprised that this is going to go to theaters. I, 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 For some reason, I kept thinking this was going to be on a streaming service. Yeah, it is uh, It is coming to theaters, only in theaters, November 24th. I I can say with confidence that I'm I'm probably not going to go to the theaters to see this. I'll wait till it's... Uh... If I can get the time to go do it, um, I might go see it. Yeah. Well, one of us should, I suppose. <laughs> I, I will likely wait for digital just because, um, honestly, when I look at the slate, it's like... I may have to drive 45 minutes to an hour to get to a theater, but if I can if I can get the time off to go do it, I might. Yeah. Well, I hope, uh, hope you do, and you can report back. And, and again, I feel like I'm being rough on it. I, I think I'm only being rough because I love Resident Evil, and I think it could make a great film. And the pro- the idea of what they were trying to do made it sound like they were actually on the right track. And, and a lot of that second trailer makes me think, okay, like I think they've got something here. I, I didn't have the same issues that I described from the first trailer, but like the first trailer is still footage from the film. So some of those issues are going to still apply, but Lou, you're right. Like they've still got six weeks. Maybe there is a lot of CGI that needs to be polished, but like early Resident Evil games with a lot of big, plasticky looking monsters you know so maybe it's closer to the source material than i than i care to admit but um yeah maybe the maybe the cheesy cgi is done on purpose to give it more of a video game feel yeah god i hope not i hope not that's that's not great but also sounds like you know big execs being like we need to make this look like a video game um here's the thing i'll say we haven't touched on the acting i thought all the acting was was really great you know like i like i like every actor that is in this thing yeah and i think there was only one or two actors that i didn't know who they were and i had to look them up and then when i looked them up i was like oh yeah i know who they are okay yeah yeah they i thought from what we saw in the footage like i didn't have any issues with any of the actors my my biggest issues was just the way it was cut and some of the CG and and the portrayal of that first trailer and the story they were telling. But I think the second trailer just pre- presents a 
better story. So the other thing I've heard people complaining about is how it feels like it's going, it's trying to tell the video game story, but it's not telling it exact. And I'm like, you know what? Telling the exact story from a video game is not great. Uh, we kind of always already know where that is. Watching this trailer, I get the distinct impression that it's we're going to get a a a the the I, I, instead of them being at the mansion because of missing people, I think they're going to be at the mansion looking for the antidote. That's what I think is going to happen. Um. I think there's going to be an outbreak. Claire's there to tell people about the outbreak. There's a problem. And then uh, he's going to leave. Uh, her brother's going to leave her in the police station because it's the safest place in the city. And uh, he's going to go with the stars team to go find the mansion so they can get the cure or whatever. And then next thing you know, everybody's running for their lives. Mm-hmm. That, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the plot of this thing. And I'm okay with that. That that it's as close to the video game plot as as anything has ever been. I can forgive if Mr. X doesn't show up or we don't get Nemesis. We don't need like that those things they can always be added in a later movie down the road doing something different. Yeah. I definitely don't want them to overburden the film with yeah. cameos and monsters and I think that They've obviously, they're obviously trying to include all of the uh, human characters that we're fond of. You know, you've got Barry, you've got um, uh, Jill, you've you've got Chris, you've got Claire, you've got Leon, and a bunch of other characters from 1 and 2. And you do have the zombie dogs, which I think are key, but again, the zombie dogs in, in the first Resident Evil movie, which used prosthetics, just looked a hell of a lot better than the CG kind of weirdness they're going with but again that could be tightened up the dogs in the original movie were one of my favorite parts yeah yeah they nailed it um yeah i mean here's the thing i'm willing to stop (laughs) hitting this movie before it can defend itself and and look at the final result i think that is probably the key takeaway here um but i i am still looking forward to the release because i think there's a reason that we keep getting resident evil movies because they're profitable and they do well so Maybe they've found a, a, a good uh, a good hook here and a, and a new take. So I look forward to seeing what they've got, and I am very appreciative that they're they're playing closer to the video games. So um, there is that to look forward to. Lou, uh, we've got um, one more thing to discuss uh, this week, and it's the moment we've all been waiting for since since I don't know when did we last talk about the world beyond, but. Uh, yeah years ago maybe yeah actually yeah i guess it would have been a, a, a year ago so crazy well here it is uh let's let's not delay further what the hell why are we here hey, what the hell is this what this is hope is a lesson don't worry i know you don't like school think of it as more of a field trip Okay, Lou, we're going to talk about the premiere of the world, or sorry, The Walking Dead, World Beyond, episode one of the final season. So that's a positive right there. We don't have much further to go. That's about the most positive thing I could say about this. (laughs) Well, 
here's the thing. This episode picks up right after the end of, of season, uh, the season one finale where um, I'm going to do my best to remember character names. And I apologize. It's it's even harder with this show because um, you don't care about them. Yeah, that they're kind of forgettable. But I'm pretty sure Hope is the one with the evil CRM lady, right? Yes, it is. Okay. And what's her sister's name? Iris. Iris. I was going to say Iris. I was like, that doesn't sound right. But yeah, so you have Hope with the CRM lady um, who is who is evil. And uh, so it's just, it's a weird double episode where you're getting like Hope with Iris or Hope with the evil CRM lady. And then you're getting Iris with the other, um, not all of the other survivors, but uh the the these main are dude. people that these are people that left the crm and built their own like little town mm-hmm. and the crm allows them to exist yeah because they they live in the perimeter land and they technically have a deal where if they keep the if they clear the walkers and warn people away from the area then they'll feed them supplies frankly makes sense to me like that's a pretty good arrangement in terms of having like a whole other town just kind of like take care of stragglers and warn off um people who are coming by uh that that works that checks out i think but the big elephant in the room from the first season was the big reveal that crm is dun 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 super evil and they kill hundreds supposedly hundreds of thousands of people yeah so this is the thing that broke the story for me because I didn't quite understand what it was I was watching. But the CRM blows up a wall. And I thought they were letting zombies out of the city. And then I was like, oh, wait. I I sat through the whole episode. And then afterwards, there was a... Uh, on Amazon, there is a 10-minute segment with the, the writer and showrunner of this episode. Who basically goes into details. And he's like, yeah... Uh, Omaha is a city with a hundred thousand people living in it, and I went bullshit. Uh, we've run into other. Uh, we've this, okay. It broke everything with me for The Walking Dead because we have Rick who went from Atlanta up to Virginia, and then we have our heroes from Fear, which started in California in LA went down to Mexico across through Texas and up through, and now they're in like Tennessee or, or whatever, like Tennessee, Louisiana kind of area. And I was like, okay. And in all that time, they've never come across cities. They've always run across small communities. Cities are always referred to as, yeah, you don't go there because that's where all the dead live. And we're told that Omaha is a thriving city. And I'm like, bullshit. And the CRM just shows up and blows up walls. And next thing you know, all 100,000 people are dead. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'll, I'll suspend my disbelief for this episode and whatever. But this seems... the One of the running jokes in Walking Dead is, is that, you know, they run into a small community like Hilltop. And then they join Hilltop. Then they run into things. And there's only a couple hundred maybe a thousand people tops like alexandria doesn't feel like there's more than maybe a couple hundred people living in alexandria you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i was supposed to believe that there's a thriving city with a hundred thousand people and i just don't buy it yeah and then 
and and then they they kill all these people and 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 the CRM people make it make it they imply in other words those hundred thousand people aren't important and in the meantime we see hundreds of CRM people and they're flying around in helicopters they've got all these things so there has to be thousands of CRM people and I'm like where are they hiding like like it just I don't know they they, they seem like the mysterious secret Nazis that just keep showing up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, The Walking Dead in general has just never really been good at, or I don't want to say, so I was going to say has never been good at scale, but they just have never really had to portray scale. And when they kind of wave their hand and say, yeah, there's a bunch of people, I can totally understand your the confusion of like, really, 100,000 people? It's really hard to imagine 100,000 people coexisting peacefully after 10 seasons of The Walking Dead of people tearing each other apart totally understand where you're coming from and and the other thing too is we're watching regular walking dead and they're introduced to the commonwealth and i haven't watched enough of the season to judge how large the size of the commonwealth is but they went from alexandria to the commonwealth ish and it, it's it, it they make you believe that that was like a four or five day journey, or if not a week's journey, for them to get to where the Commonwealth is. So it would make sense that it's like two states away or a state away. Like it, it's not like the, the they're magically like overnight boom they're there. And uh, there's Omaha, then there was the college place, and then this other thing. And the lady goes, "Oh yeah, uh, there was a giant horde and it got through the walls and we were too late." And it was like, no. Nobody's going to buy your story. And we're supposed to believe that uh, Julie Ormond's character, the, the general lady, we're supposed to believe that she really does feel bad about what it is she's doing, but she thinks it's for the greater good. And I'm like, I'm like, you're going to have to tell... It's a big sell for you to convince me that 100,000 people dying is good for... is, is for the greater good. You, you're going to have to sell me on it. And so far, they have not sold me on it. I didn't get the sense that she felt bad. I got it's the sense. From the last, it's from the last season. Uh, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, I'm remembering that she, a little she's bit. He's crying over the map. And when the guy does the recap of the episode explaining things, he's like, she's not a heartless person. And I, I was like... <laughs> you kill 100,000 people. I'm sorry. You're... She's heartless. Like... I, I think her shedding a single tear over a map, remembering those days when she killed a hundred thousand people, like that's, yeah, it's such you know, a stretch. She's not crying because she wishes she could do it again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I thought that you know showcasing what she did, um, you know, the they show the whole thing. They show setting up the C four. They show the helicopters basically bringing what they call columns, but they're like super hordes of these hundred this is where i thought you got the hundred thousand they say it's like hundreds of thousands of zombies in these super hordes and yeah. again like they just keep upping the ante like the walking dead has never really shown us these monstrous hordes of hundreds of thousands we've seen the crazy hordes of zombies that rick was leading in uh one of the, away from alexandria at one point and it was crazy there had to be ten thousand zombies maybe more mm -hmm. but Convincing me that there's a hundred thousand or more marching through the thing. Okay, fine. I'll if you, I'll, I'll bite if that's what you're saying. But 
if you're the CRM, why aren't you taking them out? You know what I mean? Like, they could fly by in their helicopters and drop shit on the zombies and kill them. You know what I mean? They, they wouldn't even need to use weapons. Go pick up rocks and other junk, fly, make a make a flyover, drop some things, take out some zombies. I mean, you're not going to take out all of them, but th there's other there are things they could do. They could set up things to slow them down. They could set up, dig a ravine, blow a hole in the ground so they all fall in a hole. Like, like... It, it, this, the CRM seems to be powerful when they want them to be in the st for storytelling purposes, and then oh, we're weak when we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I just I struggle with this show because the, the first... CRM is the magical boogeyman. Yeah, well, the first season was really setting up uh, what appeared to be you know a, a YA story, a, a YA story, and they they went there and we struggled with that, but we figured okay maybe it's, we're not the target audience. But then you get to the second season and it's like, okay, you've got one more season of this complete story you're telling. Um, and you, you, you're just going to keep going on the CRM are bad and mysterious. Like, I think like that's a... And half our cast now are adults. So where's your YA story? Well, yeah. And, they, and that is true. Like the cast, the characters have grown enough where they have kind of met our expectations of, of what we want to see in The Walking Dead, which is people killing zombies and not, you know, kind of pushing them away and, and, and running. Like we, we got enough of that in the first seasons of fear and, and the walking dead. But yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing I will give this episode credit for is our heroes kill some zombies and they are not weak about it. And they're not like towering about it. Yeah. I guess I just struggle with like, where does, where does this story go and what purpose does it serve? Because I think the clever connections of CRM and fear have already established that this is a mysterious and bad organization. And they've done it in an interesting way where there's a relationship between characters, the helicopters show up, even looking at The Walking Dead and the way CRM was introduced. Again, probably bad. We weren't really sure, but now we are. But mysterious, absolutely. I think like focusing in on the CRM and not giving us more context as to what they're what they're trying to do is basically, oh, we're, they say like we're trying to create um, a civilization that is based on science and progression and understanding that this is the new world living with zombies and and how do you how do you live in that world and evidently it's by being ruthless and and totally evil um it's it's not interesting like and then you look at the walking dead and you look at fear the walking dead they're not doing they're not doing anything remotely close to that they're just trying to survive and over here on world beyond it's like we've got these huge places that are functioning have like hydro and these like really fancy offices and it's like oh man like yeah, like like the coffee the, like uh, like uh, okay when i started to watch this uh it did not default me to season two it defaulted me to season one so i sat through 20 minutes of the first episode going wait is this like a recap and i was like <laughs> oh i'm on the wrong episode Ouch. so i was i was reminded watching the first first episode so Silas is there in part of the group, and he's a reject, and they make reference to Omaha. He was a resident of the 100,000 people in Omaha, but then he killed his mother or whatever, and his banishment was they were going to either kill him or he could go to this college community and serve out his penance as a maintenance guy. And he went there to serve out this maintenance, and... and, and the college community, I forgot how much in the beginning of this episode, it almost feels like zombies aren't a thing. Like, 
the other closest thing you see is like t 10 minutes in you see uh like an outlier fence that keeps the zombies out but then somebody goes along and like picks them off the fence and i'm like i'm like this they've done this in other parts of the walking dead this always fails how come this place has power how come this place like if these people are this smart then why did the crm just kill them all like the it, it doesn't make sense they need to, the the crm's crm's motivations need to be revealed like rather quickly and their motivations need to make sense and i have a distinct impression it's going to be no 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 we're just evil yeah Agreed. We need um, we need some explanation as to what they're trying to do. And I think uh, and that goes back to my point of like you have two seasons. I understand holding that under wraps for the first season. I realize we've only watched one episode of the second season, but I do not have confidence that they have unveiled the reason behind the CRM's actions in the next two episodes that are currently uh, out in the wild. I think they're going to hint at them, but I think we're not going to find out CRM's plot until the, like the last two episodes. But then where does that go? Like, where does that lead? It certainly doesn't lead back into fear or, or the walking dead. Is it clearly just like stay tuned for the Rick movie in 2022? I think that, I think that's what this is going to be. I think this is going to be stay tuned for the Rick movie. But my struggle with that is that that is like an hour and a half to a two hour experience that is going to take place right after Rick leaves in the helicopter, which is technically eight years of time before this moment. Yep, uh, and there's also going to be three Rick movies. Yeah, so, but I don't have confidence so, those are going to come out quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's frustrating, and I've talked about this before, it's frustrating storytelling in terms of having to wait and sift through all this content when you have other big blockbuster you know, franchises that are just doing much better. I mean, I've watched more of the regular Walking Dead, and I'm enjoying my time with it. Do I think it's the best thing on TV? No. I'm enjoying my time with it. Do I nitpick it? Yes, but that's because I'm a jerk. Um, But this just feels like AMC is eager to not let the cow die, and they're trying to do everything they can to... F no, no, no. Here's a new cow. It's the it's it looks like the old cow. Come on, stay, stay, stay watching us. And every time they do it, it's like the numbers are low, and I just can't imagine that they keep these shows around. Hmm. Lou, are we part of the problem? Is that what you're saying? No, we're oh. never part of the problem. Oh, well, that's healthy. Okay, yeah, no, that that makes sense. I'll 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 go with that. Um, I mean, we can we can kind of wrap up here. I I, I feel like this episode sets up the second season in a way where where they really have split it off and you have hope with the CRM she's reunited with her dad um because she does jo she does technically join the CRM only because they like left her in the middle of a town she gets attacked by some you know person who's clearly been left alone for too long and um also Iris she is with the perimeter group and she discovers some code and she goes off and she finds a CRM soldier and I mean, I got the impression that she was trying to, like, kind of kidnap him and get information to find out more about Omaha, but she kind of yeah. loses her, 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 uh, she, I don't want to say she loses it, but she, she gets very, very angry and she ends up killing him, um, and blaming him. What ends up happening is she shoots him, he gets attacked by a zombie, and by the time she gets to him, it's a fight for the fight for her life, and she pretty much ends up killing him. Yeah. And while he's laying there dying, 
she, like you can tell she wants to interrogate him and he just dies and the only thing i could think of is is like that was cool um she barely killed him so she almost died which was fine it's not like they made her a professional killer overnight but then i also thought why isn't she stabbing him in the head before he turns into a zombie Otherwise, you're going to have an, a, a, a zombie in armor wandering around. And boy, that's going to be a pain later on. Yeah. Well, no, she actually double stabs. Like, she stabs him and he's dying. And then, well, she, and then like, she stabs him again to kill him. And I'm like, why isn't she stabbing him in the head? Yeah. Well, the, but the point I'm trying to make is she blame, She says, like, you did like you did this as in the CRM did that to Omaha. You took out Omaha. Like, she's still she's very upset about what happened. And, but you're absolutely right. Like I'm sure that happened off off screen, and they just didn't feel the need to show it because they were they were going for a different angle. But I I felt like that moment is sort of meant to show, like, okay, like this this maybe maybe that's the point of this season. The point of this season is like, okay, now it's time to bring the fight to the CRM. We're finally going to see the CRM kind of uh, uh, feel some pressure because I get the sense that. Anytime we've seen the CRM, they've never been under pressure. They've always been on top of the situation. Maybe that'll change with this season. We will see. Uh, I think the plans for World Beyond is to basically let it let it run its course, unless Lou or I find a way to to watch it and we, we want to give an update. But we will likely wait until the season ends, which is looking like it'll be mid-December. So you have a bit to wait. Um, but coming up sooner... We're looking at doing Fear the Walking Dead next episode, and uh, that'll be the premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. And obviously, we have to talk about the conclusion to part one of season 11 for The Walking Dead. So lots of Walking Dead content coming up. Um, But as I said, the Back for Blood corner is not going anywhere. We will be back next episode with more discussion on that fairly new zombie video game. And uh, also... Our Extra Life donation zombie movies. We'll look at scheduling some time to watch Go Home. And if you want to donate, you can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. Take some of Lou's advice, donate to a great cause, and have us watch some, uh, frankly, pretty awesome zombie films. So uh, look forward to that. Check the show notes for details. You can also go to our Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. Discuss zombies of all nature. Tell me why I'm wrong about the Resident Evil trailer. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm open to suggestions. You're, you're, you're wrong, Ryan. You're Am wrong. I wrong? About the first trailer yeah. or the second trailer? I th- first trailer. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I hope the movie comes out and it's good. That's all I'll say. Um, I want to thank our patrons, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. You can find more of our episodes at zombies ate my podcast.com. There's a handy search function, so if you're looking for a specific episode or a specific topic to see if maybe we've covered a film that you're thinking of donating for, you can use our search function there. It should work. I hope so. I th- it usually works for me if I ever <laughs> forget that we've watched a film. So uh, check that out. You can email us, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And while you're there, you can follow uh, us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. And finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. That's right, you've heard it at the end of every episode, and I'm going to say it again. You can check out his website at joelduggan.com and find more of his great work. Lou, before we end the show, I need to know, do you have any awesome 
words of wisdom for our zombie loving fans. I'm looking at the cast for this Resident Evil movie while you're talking, and I just became aware of something. There's no, uh, they've got Brad Vickers and a bunch of other characters. There's no Barry. Oh my, what? There's no Barry. Whoa. And I, I was wrong. He was the first person I name dropped, and you're telling me he's not in the film. He's not in the movie. There's no Barry. Okay. So you agree with me now. This movie's probably going to flop, right? I'm kind of disappointed. For the I'm record, disappointed. I do not think it's going to flop. And yes, I'm disappointed that Barry's not in it. I think the movie will do fine. Oh, I'm sure it'll do fine and whatnot. But I just it feels weird to me that they would add Brad and not Barry. <laughs> Well, they gotta kill someone, right? Doesn't Brad die in like the first game pretty on early on? Doesn't he die? Brad's already—he's the guy that you walk in on before you go to the plant fight, and he's dying on the floor. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? I'm, I'm keeping this all in with that trailer. They re—they recreated that classic Resident Evil. What's that? And it's the zombie turn moment in the video yeah, games. Yeah, I'll yeah. give them that. And that okay? Yeah. All right, I'm back in. It has its moments. It has its moments, but they gotta, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta do something because no Barry kind of disappoints me. Barry, you were almost a Jill sandwich. Exactly. Exactly.